Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 32 of the Instant Feedback Podcast with me, Marcus Keeley. Hiya, how are you getting on? I'm, I'm getting on fine, thanks. It's like I answered my own question there. I responded very, very quickly. I must be very um, eager to have conversations with people. I'm answering my own questions. But yes, this is episode 32, like the 32 counties of Ireland, um, the island of Ireland, that is. I didn't mean it to, uh, to get so political uh, or geographical right <laughs> now, but it, I must have because geography is on my mind. I am chatting live with an Englishman who is in France. What's that about? Yes. I thought, I thought oh, I has, has Brexit not cancelled you? We've got on the line a podcaster, comedian and a teacher, Luke Thompson. Hello, Luke. Hello, Marcus. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Yeah, it's a bit of a geographical, cultural, political sort of mess, isn't it, really, that I'm living in? Yeah, it's... But there um, it is. It, 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 must, it must be... Uh, is your sense of identity ever, ever in question? Eroded, const- constantly being eroded. And, I mean, think of geology. That's, mm. my, that's my identity at this stage. It's just erosion and um, sedimentary rock and mm. all of those sorts of metaphors, very much so. Yeah. Mm, your identity is ro- eroding away like the, uh, the cliffs of your beloved Dover. <laughs> That's right. The porous, chalky cliffs of Dover just being slowly washed into the, into the English Channel, uh, you know, with every drop of rain that lands on them. Um, yeah, I mean, identity-wise, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I've been living away from England now for nearly eight years. Uh, living in France. I look back at the UK with all the nonsense that's going on there all the time. And I just kind of think, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a weird one. Like living, you know, living away from home anyway is quite a strange experience because it does make you question your identity, your cultural identity. Um, and I kind of go through weird phases. So I'm in a phase now where I just think, uh, when you know, when I think about, for example, living in France and what the differences are, cultural differences and things, and these days I kind of can't see the wood for the trees. Really, uh, when I first moved here, it was it was different. I was like really aware of like big differences between how people lived and communicated and did things here mm. compared to back home, and it was like all painfully obvious. These days, I'm still I still feel out of sorts. I still don't know quite what I'm doing and I'm, I don't fit in, but I can't really put my finger on what's going on. And these days, usually it's, I, I just feel like it's me. I just think I'm getting, I'm just, I'm a disaster zone because I don't know <laughs> who I am or what I'm doing, but the bread's good here. Um, and the wine's nice and, uh, it's not, it's not bad living in Paris, you know, you, you know, Paris, you've been here a few times, haven't you? Well, yes, um, myself and, and my wife, Neve, are, uh, uh, well, I guess we're Francophiles. I'm looking at, as we speak in my podcast studio, I'm looking at a, a, a poster, a sort of drawing um, of uh, Paris. You can see Sacre Coeur, you can see, of course, the Eiffel Tower. You can see uh, the uh, Champs-Élysées, uh, the Notre Dame, uh, rest in peace. Um, mm. Yes, uh, me, me and Neve have been over there frequently, and that's, that's where I, I met you, uh, through doing stand-up comedy over there. And then I was uh, yeah. very graciously, one time, when I was over, um, had me as a, a guest on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, that was great. It was really good to just kind of get you, sit you in a chair, stick a microphone in front of you and just be like, right, talk 
talk to my audience <laughs> in your accent and let me just kind of do you remember i kind of um, I, I did my best to sort of um examine um your english um and because I, I you know my i do a podcast so listeners i do a podcast for learners of english i'm an english teacher to adults and i've got listeners all around the world and what i like to do is obviously teach people english but i also want to kind of let people hear as many different sort of versions of english or as many different accents as as, as possible because i speak like this i speak like you know like the textbooks Hmm. um and um but i love all the different accents in english and i really love accents from northern ireland hmm. um having spent well i spent four years i haven't actually been to northern ireland <gasps> i know i know i had an opportunity once and i well as if as if that was the only opportunity yeah, like every it. single day is an opportunity to go uh, but I mean like a friend. So anyway, I went to university in Liverpool and I lived in a house for about three years with a bunch of people from the Belfast area. And that was fucking cracker oh, because, class. um, ah, oh, because just, ah, oh, I just love the accent and all of the different little phrases that they used to say, and they were hilarious and so I do have a kind of a soft spot for a Belfast accent or even a Northern Irish accent. I don't know. I don't know enough to be able to, you know, get everything right. I'll say Belfast. I mean, Northern Ireland, but, um, anyway, so yeah, so it was nice to be able to actually record you record your voice and also to kind of go through all the phrases that I had in my head mm-hmm. and just to see, just to kind of check them with you, you know, all those things like I cracker and, you know, what about you big man and, and all course, that kind of uh, stuff. Parshar and all the, yeah you know um what what, i I was watching weirdly um clips of coronation street from back in the day and of course there's big jim mcdonald who oh yeah contentious northern irish character in that and i saw there were some discussions going on about it and saying you know maybe this was this character inserted in to sort of either turn people on to the idea of having to regularly hear like a, a Belfast or Northern Irish accent, because it's not something you often hear on TV and his accent, mm. and, you know, I don't think he especially toned it down. It was pretty representative, I would say, especially for Colin Liz and Earl Hoor and all the rest. <laughs> um, well, the, the guys I used to live with, we used to watch Coronation Street and they used to love Jim McDonald because, you know, obviously they're, they're on English telly every day. Mm. No, almost every day was Jim McDonald, just speaking like someone from Northern Ireland and it was just so funny to them. Yeah, um, it, it is. It's still, it's, that's the thing about regional accents. They're, they're all kind of a novelty to hear other than say, you know, the, the Queen's English, although not as if people on TV still talk on TV as they did, you know, back way back in the day or on the radio, mm. which was, I guess the, the proper Queen's English. Um, but yeah. it's still to me as someone with, as someone, I sound like I'm making some sort of BBC pitch here for in- inclusivity, <laughs> but as someone with a regional accent, um, it always pleases me to hear one on TV, regardless of where it is. If you know what I mean? I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a weird sort of, I guess, underdog type mentality, even though my background or my outlook on life mightn't have anything really in common with someone from, say, a, an obscure town in the north of England. I enjoy hearing it on TV, nevertheless. It's, 
it's it's funny isn't it like it's hard to tell really what the kind of per, um pervasive or mainstream is now uh in broadcasting um like on the news of course it's still very much the kind of rp oxbridge mm. sort of accent although they do make concessions with people like hugh edwards mm. who they say has a welsh accent but it's a very mild one yes um and maybe a couple of other people but then you go to something like the one show and the one show is like almost exclusively sort of regional accents isn't it they're presenters they're they've, they've all got sort of different regional accents mm. you wouldn't find me on the one show and similarly in stand-up i think um it, it i think it actually helps to have a regional accent isn't it true that mark watson sort of puts on a welsh accent that he's not really that welsh that but he puts it on or he emphasizes it because it actually helps like if i go let's say if i go to liverpool or glasgow or a lot of places and i go up and speak like this and you know obviously i'd have to be it would help if i was really funny but i think people's first impression of me speaking like this would be I don't know. I would, they wouldn't necessarily warm to me. But if you've got a regional accent, it's the people sort of like it. It just gives you a bit of local flavour. Well, that's it. It gives, it gives you more of a character. And there's, you know, it's just, it's one, you, you can almost relate more to it because it's, it sounds more authentic or it's different to you. So this person maybe has something that I don't know to say. Whereas some, something like um, RP or, or, as you say, sort of, um, typical sort of accent you would hear in the news or whatever, because that sort of accent is always there and it's always in the background. You've heard it all your life. It seems like it's just not necessarily background noise, but they would have to say something pretty fucking shocking or interesting for someone to really sit up and listen. You know, it's yeah, just yeah, it's it's something about auth- authenticity or something like that. That that having a kind of uh, an accent. Also, maybe it's something to do with class. Um, well yeah there there always is the whole class issue and yeah that that's ingrained in um british society um i don't know is it so much of a is it so much of a thing anywhere else in the world or did did britain invent class seems like something they would do i don't know i mean they've got it in india of course haven't they they've got the caste Mm. system uh, but yeah, I mean, living in France, no, they don't have it here. And it's kind of um, fascinating always to kind of try and work out what the fuck's going on in France. Like, um, do they have a class system? And people are like, oh, no. But then then, then there is, because there's obviously like privileged people and not so privileged people. But in terms of accents here, it's really different. Mm. So their their whole approach to accents is totally different. And they've got some pretty shocking what we would consider to be shocking attitudes when it comes to accents. And personally, I find it quite backward, I have to say. So, for example, um, you only ever hear uh, regional accents in a sort of comic context or someone, if they speak with a regional accent in France, then they're usually the object of ridicule or they're kind of a comic character or something like that. And... um, there's also the concept here of, of there being no accent. It's possible in, to speak French with no accent. I mean, I talk about this with my wife. I'll, get, I'll, I'll try and tell you a story which I think should explain what I'm talking about, but it might not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so I, did a, I, I went to an audition with my mate Paul, who you know too, Paul Taylor. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so it was an audition in English to do um, to present a crappy clips show, and so the the people auditioning us were French. We did our audition speaking normally, and at the end they were like, "Oh, that was really great, but we can hear that you've got a, you, we can hear you've got British accents. Is there any way you could um, uh, like speak? Could you could you speak? But uh, what, what was it? Can you?" can you just sound less British? <laughs> right. And so now they, they sound strange, but I think it tells us something about the way that maybe f- either the way French people don't really understand the way that we have regional accents in English, but it also maybe reveals something about the way French people think about accents in general. So, and um, you know, can you speak less British? And we both looked at each other. We were like, what do you mean? You, you want us to do American accents? And they said, no, 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 not, don't, not an American accent, just less British. Hmm. And obviously we were like, well, uh, sorry, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and then anyway, uh, in the end, it turned out that they thought zero, like ground zero for accents was Manhattan, like friends. Okay. So anyway, I, talked to, I told this story to my wife and she, it sort of started a conversation with her, which was, about how in France there is this concept of a sort of neutral accent or no accent, which is basically how people speak in, in Paris. And when people come here to Paris from different parts of the country, they sort of drop their accent and they end up speaking this kind of neutral, no accent French, um, which I find interesting. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to imagine, surely, surely, surely there's always an accent. You know, oh I yeah, so yeah, that's the like, point. It's if you, like, it's like trying to say, imagine nothing. You know, yeah. You if you're speaking, you, if you're speaking, you've got an accent, right? Mm. So if just the whole concept of no accent is a kind of political one, in a sense, because it suggests that, um, like, a Parisian version of French is a is a, a um, you know, is it's a sort of neutral the, baseline, yeah, um, and that this is. You know, if you speak French like that, then you have no accent, uh, which kind of makes my head spin because I think, every, you know, obviously everyone has an accent um, mm. and there's no, you know, there's no deviation from, like if you speak with a, um, a, a Northern accent or a sort of accent from Toulouse or Marseille or something like that, that those things are all sort of like deviations from the, this, this, you know, neutral mm. accent. And everyone accepts that quite, you know, normally that that's kind of a normal accepted value. Whereas back home, that sort of thing is like completely, um, completely gone, completely out now. And it's considered to be the height of snobbery. Um, isn't it to, to, to think like that? I mean, that's like how people used to talk in the fifties or, or something like that, you know, where it was, where people would write into the BBC if they heard a regional accent and complain, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. because you know that's so old-fashioned now but that's sort of almost it, it just reminds me of that kind of old-fashioned thing i don't know what i'm it's very late um where i am <laughs> and i'm quite tired <laughs> so i'm probably be i feel like i'm not being very coherent here no i i I, I get what you mean i'm just i'm kind of it's it's fascinating i'm very i'm very interested in accents and how accents are perceived and you know like well as just as we're talking about just how they can how they can be interpreted in your you know this the language that's being spoken in but also 
you know, it's just, it's a whole, you know, just speech itself obviously conveys information, but the way that it's said and how it's said from the speaker can also say so much as well. It's just, to me, it's, to me, it's, it's a fast, I really, I really feel like I want to go on some sort of linguistics. I was going to say linguini course. It's something completely different. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, so when you, when you speak in French, has your wife told you you have an accent or can you detect? Oh, well, yeah, definitely. When I speak in French, I have an accent, of course, because I've got this, you know, this English accent. So even on my best day of speaking French, which is not very good, by the way, but on my most confident day of speaking French, people after just a few sentences will be like, ah, you have an accent, you know, you have an accent, What's a, where are you from? Or they say, oh, you're British, you know, they can pick it up instantly. So there's no chance in hell Mm. that I'm ever going to get to the stage where they don't notice that I have an accent. So it's not that it's, it's, um, uh, it's, it's other people, other French people who have accents, mm. you know, like in French. So if you're from Marseille, you have an accent, but if you're from Paris, you don't have an accent. Yeah. Mm. You know, which is just, it's, I don't, I don't agree. You know, I just don't agree with the whole concept of that. Yeah. Um, well, it's um. Yeah. If there's if there's no class system, there's definitely an accent uh, system on the go, and maybe that's that's how you determine who you look down your nose at. Um, yeah. Which, you know, you know I th- is a relief. It's always good to know who is lower on the social rung. <laughs> you know, he's from Marseille. Yeah. Fuck him. You know. Yeah, I guess so. Like there was, but there was even I've, I've read even movements to kind of cancel out accents so in the uk we celebrate accents don't we 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 love the diversity of our accents and the idea that that you would try to standardize the way people speak across the whole country would be appalling but um that is something that has been like put forward i mean in france they have the um what do you call it? The uh, Académie Française, which is a sort of like a group of academics who are in charge of the French language. Mm-hmm. And there have been moves in the past to sort of standardize the way that people speak. And the, the whole idea of there being various types of French is something that has been tried, you know, that, that people have tried to, um, you know, get, try to get rid of. Um, it's interesting, you know, in, in kind of creating this Republic where everyone's the same, there are also knock on effects in terms of identity and local identity where everyone is French. Therefore everyone speaks the same kind of French. It's actually kind of on one hand, great, you know, because it's democracy and let the people choose and all that, all those great things that happen when those ridiculous monarchs were beheaded mm. um but you know that so many kind of good things about the birth of democracy and all that stuff but at the same time other questions about like diversity of the language and stuff um yeah well different. that's it's so it's also important to keep that diversity as well i don't i'm not yeah that, that whole idea I, I guess there's if if it's an idea to go right here is the standard French or the standard language in which we all sort of trade in and we all know what it is. But if it's and it also, uh, you know, in tandem to that to get rid of the other ways, that seems a bit, 
I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's it's it sounds a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like throwing out the baby with the bathwater, doesn't it? Yeah. Something um, like that. So yeah, that um that, that doesn't that doesn't sound so good. But as as you said earlier, your French isn't great. Whenever I have been in France, I've you know obviously tried to speak a bit of French mm. with um a middling success, low <laughs> to middling success. Um I've had at least one occasion where a French person did say that my my accent was quite good. My French accent oh, was quite good. But then I was in a restaurant at the time, so I I don't know. She was maybe trying to butter me up, um, literally <laughs> and figuratively. <laughs> well, they were butter you up like, oh, your accent's really good. Now step into the kitchen because mm-hmm. uh, uh, we've got a lot of customers in tonight. Yeah, uh, oh, that, that, would, that, that, would, that, that would be awful. I've, I've worked in bars before very, very briefly. Anytime, it's, it's the same, it's a similar sort of feeling I have if I'm sitting in a busy restaurant and do you remember what they were like? Um, and mm. a lot would be going on and you look around. I would look around and with the same sort of sense of solemnness, I'd look and go, you know, it's as if these people are like working in a busy A&E ward and I'm like, I just don't know how they do it. I could never do that. They're, they're really amazing but in france that is uh, like being being a waiter or, or a waitress is um you know seen i don't know is it seen as like being like a, a proper like big respect yeah. career choice yeah would be? yeah prop- yeah it's a proper job yeah being a being a waiter uh it's a respectable job uh i mean they don't often get treated with respect mm. but they 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 sort of act you know they hold themselves carry themselves you know in the in 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 that way yeah, it's it's a respectable job. By the way, here in in Paris, it's like business as usual before the lockdown sort of style. In fact, even busier. Like mm-hmm. the since the restaurants have reopened, and it's uh, and the weather's quite nice. The 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 terrace, you know, the the areas outside restaurants have have doubled in size because they've like the government have said, okay, you can every restaurant can have a little bit of street space now. So parking spaces outside restaurants have been turned into extra seating areas. And so the streets are packed with people eating. The restaurants is, are roaring. Is is the extra space for social distancing or we know there's going to be a lot of people going to restaurants, so we need extra no, space? Well, it's a bit of that, but also they just want everyone to sit outside instead of sit indoors. But you can still, you can sit indoors as well. But it, I mean, I just walk down the street and just there's just tons of people in the street all sitting outside. There's not really a lot of social distancing. It's just that they're outdoors rather than inside. I've also, um, I've also seen online that there are comedy gigs that are happening in Paris. Yeah, yeah, it's all back. Basically, almost everything's back as far as I can tell. You just have to wear masks, you know, and just try to be good. But yeah, as far as I can tell, everything's back. Cinemas are open again. Mm. Right, so well, they're, just, they're opening here shortly i think i just to me like the 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 logistics of doing a comedy gig in a pandemic are weird do people do the audience all have to wear masks Does the performers have to wear masks is the is the uh, the, the greasy mic uh, disinfected between eject does the mc have a bottle of disinfectant on him i mean to me that's just it it, it, it gives me anxiety 
thinking about that? Uh, how... I haven't actually, I haven't been to, sorry, I haven't been to a show yet, but I understand that basically the comics have to bring their own mics and they just change mic oh my God. Uh, when they go up. That's, that's <laughs> it. That's, that's it. That's it. As far as I, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some effort to social distance in the audience. Like maybe there's got to be space between the, well, the, the, on my games, that wouldn't be a problem, <laughs> etc. Um, bring your own mic, God. So the, the industry has finally, fully went pay to play because you have to have enough money to buy a microphone. What if your microphone shit? What if you don't have? Well, oh, fucking hell, Jesus! I know, I know. Um, it's a it's a weird, weird time, isn't it? I just don't really know. I don't know what to where to stand, what to think. It's really, really weird. God, I, I remember from doing stand-up in, in Paris. Obviously, I don't speak French, so I would do the English-speaking nights. Um, yeah. I, I think the last time I went over, I noticed, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe people were maybe people were trying to avoid me, but I noticed there wasn't, there was a bit of a gap since I'd last been, but when I came back, there wasn't as many English-speaking comedy nights as everyone over there jumped ship to uh, uh, French land, and they all doing gigs in French now, or... It's, it's it's pretty weird. So as far as I can tell, I think there've been like two phases. So the first phase was when, um, let's say, Sebastian Marx, who's an American comic from New York, who came here and set up the first shows in English. So he set up those shows in English. Then a few other people set up shows. And suddenly there was a little scene in English and it started to grow. And you came and you performed at the Sojin Nas at the mm-hmm. show with Sarah and, and stuff. And so this scene was growing and, and people like Sebastian and Paul Taylor and Sarah and me and a few others were kind of part of this scene. And there were a handful of nights and stuff like that. And it was kind of, you know, a nice, healthy little scene. And then Paul and Sebastian sort of became quite big, probably because of their online stuff. And they then off went off and did their one man shows, and it, and suddenly it felt like, oh okay, so the only way to make this work is to, to have your own show, and so people started doing their own shows and stuff, their own like what we call one man shows in, in mm. France, or that you know that's obviously a phrase in English too, but um, and a lot of the um, the the other nights kind of died off. Because people, the people who actually had the influence and who were doing it seriously just went off on their own. And so that kind of meant that the little shows, the, the plateaus, as they call them in French, you know, just like the normal comedy nights where you mm-hmm. share, you know, you know, do 10 minutes or whatever. They all kind of started to disappear. It's a weird scene. Like it's, it's hard to maintain those shows in English because the French audiences don't know what to make of them. And... Mm it's just a bit weird. So the interest kind of like fluctuates. And so, yeah, when you probably, when you came back, yeah, the scene probably had changed and had gone a bit weird. And, and some of those shows had disappeared and, and the scene had gone smaller. And now, um, now it's kind of come back or just before the lockdown, it had come back again and all these sort of grassroots English language comedy shows had started to come back in mm. with a whole new crowd of people who just were starting from scratch again. So I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird, um, it's a weird scene because, um, yeah, because the, the, the natives, the locals, natives, that's not, <laughs> not very good. Well, it's not the right word. Local, <laughs> the locals don't know what to make of English stand up comedy. It's hard to kind of get a grip 
you know, to get your foot in the door sort of thing if you're only doing it in English. So really what you need in an audience is uh, you need some French people, but you need some uh, tourists and some expats as well who are Anglophone. And that's the right kind of mix. And, um, but to get anywhere, you know, to make money and to make a career out of it, really, you've got to be doing it in French as well. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've noticed whenever I'm walking around Paris and especially in the metro and stuff where there will be loads and loads of these big posters for, uh, as you say, one man shows. And Mm. you can, well, you can tell that they're comedians because it says comedy and whatnot on it, but you can tell (laughs) that like this is, you know, and I've I've often like walked past and like, don't go, is this person like, is this person like the French, like Michael McIntyre? Is that what level we're talking at here? Who's that person? What are they like? But there seems to be a lot of French comedy in in Paris. Comedy does seem to be quite a popular thing. Yeah, it seems there's like a tons, weird thing to say, but it, it's everywhere, you know. It is everywhere, but it is different to um, stand up as we know it. It's really weird. Um, it's it's almost like so back in the UK. We had, um, what was it, Music Hall, and then there were the kind of the working men's clubs, you know, that kind mm. of, um, you know, um, that kind of thing, uh, the Bernard Manning type stuff mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. Everyone's nicking their own jokes and all that sort of thing. And then alternative comedy came along with, uh, what's his name, Alexi Sale and the Comedy Store and all that stuff. And alternative comedy... Um, then became the new normal. It was like like the new rock and roll, the nineties, Badil and Skinner, and the kind of stand up was the, the new rock and roll with, and all that kind of thing. And and whereas in France that sort of hasn't happened in the same way. Instead, they've gone from that kind of music hall thing through to the working men's clubs, through to just it. It, it never got smashed by a kind of punk um, alternative scene mm. that that then became the mainstream although that is slowly happening now, um, it was more ethnic. So the, the proper stand-up, the, like stand-up we know, was done by sort of like Arabic people from North Africa, Algeria, Morocco, stuff like um, those ethnic minorities uh, who were doing stand-up in, in Paris. But the kind of mainstream stuff, the, the most well-known stuff that's on TV, it's, it's still in that kind of... Um, 70s kind of style it yeah. still seems very 70s like proper mainstream french uh, comedy and it's not really stand-up it's more like it's more like vaudeville you know they have yeah. musical bits and 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 songs and stuff i'd kind of gotten that vibe from looking at the posters in a weird way because i'd look at it and go this is a comedy show but it does like there would be people wearing like uh, tuxedos and stuff, and you're like, well, of course they are. They're French. They're very fashionable yeah. and, and classy. But then there would be there would be. I think I might have actually put up a photo of one of them before. It was like this lady, and she's wearing like a tiny, tiny hat on her head. Um, Another one. Yeah, and it's just sort of like I just. It, it's funny that you you have confirmed my subconscious feelings towards it, and going these <laughs> are very sort of seventies, eighties, sort of end of a pier type show. Yes rather than stand up in a weird way but i mean they're they seem to be very they seem to be very popular or they have a very big advertising budget either way that yeah they are popular i mean that um definitely but yeah there's definitely that 70s vibe and it's it's often quite broad stuff um and um 
it, it, it's still theater. It's like mm. theater based rather than clubs. Yeah. Um, the, the club stuff is, it's, it's just not, it hasn't broken through, although it is now breaking through with this sort of, with this younger generation. Um, it, you know, it's slowly changing uh, into, and turning into normal stand-up, which is kind of like that authentic type thing where someone goes up as themselves and they're telling true stories about their life. And it's, you know, and, and that's sort of the revelation, revelatory stand-up. Mm. Uh, whereas the mainstream stand-up in France is often more like character-based and often you see someone doing a whole routine where they are talking, they're pretending to be someone and they're talking to invisible people, right. you know? So it's like this one person who's they they launch into a five minute routine where they're pretending to be a waiter, um, like cleaning a table and they're talking to imaginary customers in the restaurant. Mm. You know, you can imagine that kind of thing. And it's like very, they're, they're, um, you know, they're, they're kind of arguing with people that you can't see. It's like theater. There's like a fourth mm. wall and, and all that sort of thing. Whereas uh, it's proper standup is I'm taught, you know, you talk to the audience and um, you know, you tell the truth or you pretend to tell the truth. Although saying that, as I keep saying this, this form of standup is coming in more and more. Yeah. Which is, which is really cool. And there is a young f- French scene uh, in stand-up comedy, which is a lot more like that. And all of the comics are like really influenced by the American comedians that they've seen in particular. They, they always go on about American comics. No, hardly any French stand-ups ever reference British stand-up comedians, well, which no. obviously disappoints me <laughs> thoroughly. Like they don't even realize, they still think that we're just walking around with top hats on, drinking tea and all that stuff, Mr. Bean. And things. It, it, it probably it probably would be very unfashionable for a young French rebellious, you know, listen to me comedian who is into British comedians. I think I think <laughs> there would be, be that we're we're all still kind of well, maybe not these days, but there's always that sort of thing where you you look over at America and you go, yeah, Americans are cooler. They're just they're just straight up cooler, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah. are you are you kind of like, or maybe would you like to be? Um, because you've been in Paris for a while in the in the stand-up scene, are you as a sort of uh, Svengali figure around the French stand-up <laughs> scene? You're the sort of old British guy uh, telling them the young French kids, "Here's how you do stand-up in English." And there's a few montages no. and stuff like that. Not at all. None of them know who the who the hell I am. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I haven't really made a, a dent on the uh, French scene because I don't do it in French. I don't. I never perform in French. My French isn't good enough. Mm. And so I can't, I can't do that. So, I mean, there was a time when I was, uh, like on a, in the small English language scene that we had, uh, I was one of the, the kind of the main players, but that doesn't say much because there weren't that many people available. Um, <laughs> so no, I mean, I don't, I haven't done stand up properly. Uh, you know, it's, well, certainly this year, I haven't done anything since Christmas, first of all, obviously because mm. of the lockdown. Uh, but also since my daughter was born, I kind of really took my foot off the, off the gas in terms of doing stand up, And I, I'm constantly like thinking about how I must get back into it. And I want to do my own show, you know, that's the way to do it. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of, no, I haven't really made an impact. You need to, to be honest, you, to talk about this properly, you need to talk to Paul, who Paul Taylor, do you know Paul Taylor? 
Yeah, no, I've met him. I've met him a few times. Um, Paul's Paul's nice. He's a nice guy, and his mum is Northern Irish. She's from Belfast. Yeah, there for one of the shows. Um, I think I was in the So Gymnas, and afterwards it was funny you were saying earlier on. It's like you know the French people don't know what to make of English stand up or, or stand up in general. The few the first time I did it, I think I got up and. Uh, no, uh, the first time I think I just got up and sort of did what I would normally do, but obviously any sort of, obviously you can't do any sort of local references without having to, you know, laboriously explain what you mean, um, at which point, you know, <laughs> what the hell's the point? This is, you know, you're talking in someone else's second language, so you've already lost them. So I did that, and that was okay. And then um, the second time, I was like, look, I'll keep it simple. What I'll do, I'll just tell jokes. I'll tell actual jokes, not too many stories, just jokes. Then I proceeded to do about 10, 15 minutes of nothing but puns. And it was only afterwards, after chatting to some people, I discovered that puns aren't generally something that exists in the French language. No, 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 no. The French love puns. They love, love, love puns. They really do. And they, mm. they really they appreciate them in French. But in English, forget it. They just can't get them. Yeah. Well, they might understand it, but they don't find it funny because they're not understanding it fast enough. So what works with the French is, I, I think, is if you talk about them and you make fun of them in a, in a knowing way, which mm-hmm. is one of, the, one of the reasons why Paul has been so successful. So just for your listeners who don't know who he is, Paul is, um, he's like uh, Anglo-Irish slash French. Mm. Um, he spent some years in France as a child and so his French is brilliant he speaks with according to the locals he speaks with no accent ah he's achieved <laughs> right? it congratulations yeah yeah oh. he's got it he's 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 got it so they are like the French people are constantly amazed by this magic trick that he's doing which is that he is as far as they're concerned a British person speaking French with no accent. First of all, that is just like, wow. Let, they would pay to come and see that. Mm. Uh, I'm not to take anything away from Paul because he's done really, really well and his shows are brilliant. But the other thing that he does is observational comedy about the French and about French life from the point of view of an outsider. Uh, but he's kind of an insider as well yeah. because he speaks the language so well. Uh, but he does it all, you know, he, his most famous routine was about labies, which is the, you know, the custom of, of kissing yes. uh, on the cheeks when, when you meet people here in France. And it's a, actually a very complicated business because in some places you kiss, you know, two times, sometimes, some places it's three, some places it's four. Some people start on the left, some people start on the right. And there's like a lot of complex culture around it. And Paul came up with a routine that nailed every aspect of it. And that made him famous. Like mm. he, he put it up on YouTube, made a video out of it. It got a million views in, in a matter of days. Wow. And overnight, he was a, kind of a, 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 a famous comic in France. And uh, he's, done, he's worked really hard. But off the back of that, he got uh, TV shows on Canal Plus. And uh, he got his own one-man show. And he ended up performing at the biggest venues in Paris. Mm. I mean, a real success story. It's amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, but largely because he is basically telling stories about his experiences of, of French culture in a way that the French people can, can understand. And he does his show in half in English and half in French, 
So one bit's in English, then the next bit's in French. And so the French audience who can't really hack too much English in one go (laughs) are able to enjoy it because on one hand, they understand, obviously they understand all the French bits. And that's that's really really easy for them to understand, of course. But then when he does it in English, he can speak to them in English in a way that they understand. But also they get that extra reward, which is, oh, I'm laughing in English. I'm understanding things yeah. in, in English. And so, you know, that it really gave him an edge. He really, really nailed it. Yeah, um, he's, he's really, he's, he's tapped into that, um, what would you say? I don't know, that, uh, that rich vein of being able to be two, two, I guess, two different types of people at once. To, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's quite a, quite a balancing act there especially to, to be such a success in france but not be a french person and you're also making fun of the french well sort of yeah. politely politely teasing um, in a way that they love i mean they, no they like it they like they like it if you get stuck into them actually funnily mm-hmm. enough because it, again the slight cultural difference humor in france is often used against other people like certainly for me where i'm from we often will make fun of ourselves, but they don't really do that so much here. Mm. Instead, hu- humor is is normally someone else is is the, is the butt of the joke here. And so, when Paul is making fun of French people, they they just love it. They think it's great, um, yeah. and it is one- great because yeah, he's, he's he's brilliant at it. It's it's very funny. For me, I I feel like to an extent, I sort of ended up getting like. First of all, that worked in my favor because as an English person in France, I suddenly had a, an edge. Uh, whereas back home, I'm just another comedian, yeah. another white guy in a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, you're, you're exotic if, over there, you know? Yeah. You have, you have one yeah. of those accents they've heard in films and stuff. Exactly. I have an accent. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm also sort of interesting for all of the American tourists and American expats because there's a load of American people here too in, in Paris because Americans are in love with Paris and they, they come here all the time. Mm. Uh, oh my God, I love Paris, Paris, France. <laughs> and, and so American audience members also like my accent, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and they find it, you know, I, could, I, I discovered that I can kind of say things and just put my own, identity on it and it would work for me in the same way that if i was a uh, if i had a regional accent in the uk that would work in my favor you know like um limmy obviously limmy is brilliant Mm -hmm. but one of the things for me that i love about him and that makes me laugh so much is just the way that he puts things in in his in his accent and some some stuff that i think if he didn't have that glaswegian accent some of the stuff he's he says just wouldn't be as funny yeah, it it yeah, it more than likely wouldn't wouldn't land. But again, that comes from the the authenticity of it because right. he's saying these these things. And funny, just funny enough that you should you should mention um, Lemmy um, because he's he's Scottish, obviously. If well, if anyone listening doesn't know that, I'm sure that they do. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of similarities between the way that Scottish people would talk and Northern Irish people would talk because there is that, um, there's the, the, the geography, the proximity, but there's also the shared language, I guess mm. is the way of putting it, of uh, Ulster Scots. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And I, I have, as you know, you are, you are a teacher of English, a lover of languages, accents, dialects, and all the rest of it. I, yeah. I have a wee, a wee quiz here for you, Luke. Okay, yeah, um, let's do it. From the, um, the Discover Ulster Scots um, agency, or the Ulster Scots agency. And this is, um, this is a tool designed, I guess, to show that, you know, um, no matter where you are, where you're from in the UK, you, we all sort of share the same bits of languages. There's there's a bit of Ulster Scots in everybody, I guess. Um, I don't think that's exactly what they say. I, can, I think that's just a feeling they want to put across. Um, but uh, Ulster Scots, of course, is is a um, it's a it's a hot button topic in Northern Ireland, um, like really? uh, pretty much everything else. Um, <laughs> there's a whole thing to do with. The government here, uh, uh, Sinn Féin, wanted um, an Irish language act because they said, well, we're on the the island of Ireland, so, you know, yeah. um, it should be a recognised and protected thing. So then people from other political parties said, well, we think the same for Ulster Scots. And then there's all these sorts of debates go, well, is Ulster Scots a language or is it a dialect, you know? Um, and I'm not going to fall on either side of that fence uh, on my own podcast. Um, yeah. Let's just enjoy right. some Ulster Scots <laughs> instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this, the way this is work is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a... Um, I'm going to read out an Ulster Scots word as it's as it's written, um, and then there, if you know it straight away, if you know what I'm talking about, please answer. Um, if you don't okay. know and you need a bit of help, there are um, it's a multiple choice quiz, and there is a badge in it for you. Is is could I can I ask you uh, to put the word in context? If I know that word, I will put it in context. Some of these I might okay. not know myself. I'm not, unfortunately, okay. I'm not fluent in Ulster Scots, so we can guess together for once I'm not 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. So, as I said, there's there's a good few of these, depending on, uh, well, there's actually, let me see, there's 30 of them, so we might cut some of these out. Um, but there is a badge in it. If you, if you answer enough Ooh. correctly, you can print out a wee certificate and bring it oh, to the Ulster really... Scots agency, which I, I will do on your behalf. I want if, that. I really want that. I need that because, I mean, you know, I'm just so English. It's almost like painful sometimes. I mean, even even even, even talking to you about just all these things, like talking to you about Limmy and stuff, and and what I just said uh, in the back of my head, I'm, there's a voice going, "Oh, you idiot! You've just said that the only reason Limmy's funny is because he <laughs> he speaks different. You fucking twat." <laughs> <laughs> you know so like i'm really cautious that i'm already like making subliminally like uh, offensive statements without even realizing it and just think oh no. god i should just shut up about things like that and just sit and just be english somewhere no I, I i don't think so i think i think people know they know they know what you mean they know what you're coming from i know what you mean and again it's, it's similar as me going yeah maybe you know if he didn't have an accent those things wouldn't land in the same way that they do but you know, it's just, you know, there's, there is no denying that an accent is a powerful thing to have. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. it, it emphasizes and gives you, in the way that someone says a certain word, that, you know, it's the same words that you would say, but from where they're saying it, it, it invokes and suggests so much more. Um, but yeah. I, I, could, I just want to make, sorry, I just want to make one more point about the accents things, like that everyone has an accent, but it's kind of like how people receive that accent. Mm -hmm. which is significant. So I have an accent uh, and 
so but how do people receive my accent is is kind of the thing so um, american audience members in paris receive my accent differently to how let's say an audience of of um of of like half drunk blokes in a in a pub in east london would receive my accent because i've done gigs in in places where people just took a dislike to me almost before i'd even you know got off the ground and sometimes i just think oh they just don't anyway what am i talking about i don't know go ahead with the quiz <laughs> well people people all have different baggage associated with accents that aren't their own and you know yes. just based on previous experience or what they've been told or what they've learned you know there's, there's been occasions where my accent whenever i lived over in england did not do me any favors um and many many a pub i had to leave quickly because someone heard my accent yeah really uh, yeah, no, there was there was a there was a time where some Royal Marines, well at least I said they were Royal Marines. I had no reason to disbelieve them because they were fucking huge. Um I said I was sitting I was a student at the time and I was sitting with some students I didn't really particularly know, but we were just sitting having a couple of drinks and then these these guys came in and this they sat down at the table and we were having, you know, a bit of a chat and I was just sort of, you know, being friendly and courteous and all the rest of it um and then at one point one of them leaned over and said um when we leave this pub i'm going to kick your fucking head in jesus yeah um and as soon as he said that it was uh last orders kicking out time so i sort of sat in the pub and went what the fuck am i going to do um and i basically waited until i was like nearly the last person in the pub and i could see out through the window the guy was coming in presumably to look for me so I ran towards the door and hid behind the door as he opened it. And then once he went into the pub, I ran away. So, Oh, my God. Go. Yeah, it was good fun. Nice that time. is shocking. Absolutely yeah. shocking. Well, there you go. Royal Marines, be the best in the world. Um, <laughs> so you don't see that in their ads, do you? Um, go to no, a you don't. Threaten some northern cunt. Um <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's, that's horrendous. Oh oh my God. I never realized that, that, that would, um, I knew obviously about the, the, all the problems and stuff that happened in Northern Ireland, but, um, I never realized that just a Royal Marine would be such a fucking racist twat. Well, that's the thing. I was similar to accents, uh, occupations also give me a heads up to go, Hmm, this interaction might not end very well. And was, it was all confirmed with the uh, threat of extreme violence. But uh, no, I was I was well prepared. I was I, I'm no fool. I know that um, at, at any moment my head might be kicked in, Royal Marine or otherwise. Um, so on, on that on that note, let's uh, let's get on with this fun quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, sorry for bringing the tone down somewhat. Well, that's all right. That's all right. I got I got it alive. I ran away and jumped on a bus, so that's fine. He's probably still there uh, today, looking for me. Um, yeah. So your, your first word. <laughs> Flit, F-L-I-T. I, I don't know how to put this in context, but I, I, I could be <laughs> no a idea. verb. Your options are lane, keen, what? as in to be keen to do something. Okay, yeah, yeah. Stream, I guess, as a stream of water. Or move house. Say the word again for me. Flit, F-L-I-T. I guess it would be it would be helpful to imagine these words being said in this sort of accent. Flit, you've all got flit. I've got no idea at all. Options again. What was the first option? Lane, L A N E, as in a, a lane. Oh, a lane. 
This is Sorry, a lane. Lane. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be a problem. Lane. 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 Because I thought you meant lane, like lean against a wall. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I God, I have no idea at all. The second one, Keen. Keen. Uh, he's, he's, uh, really? Yeah, move house, apparently. I mean, so I guess two flit. <laughs> As in two, okay, I guess flit. Flit, flit yeah, from flit. one place to another. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. I, I get it. So I need to. Uh, okay. I'm going to get in the zone now. Im- imagine all these in a regional accent, if that yes, helps. Yes, I will. I, guess. I will. Um, next one Gulder. G U L D E R. G U L D E R. Gulder. Mm. Okay. Do you want to make a guess based off that? Well, I mean, I'm just going to use any linguistic tools that I have to my advantage. An ER word, Golder, it's, it's probably going to be a noun, maybe a person, okay. type your, of, a type of person. Your options are coin, ornament, okay. shite, mm-hmm. gesture. Shite? Shite. Too shite. Like, okay, shite. Shout. Okay. <laughs> uh go on yeah go on so uh a, a coin an ornament uh to shout and gesture it's gesture incorrect i, I knew that one it was shout uh, so you would say uh, he's out there yeah. goldering all around the street so he is goldering that the milkman is i don't know <laughs> his wife who knows uh Next. Oh, now, this is a personal favourite of mine that I would use day to day. So it just shows that Ulster, Ulster Scotch is, is uh, deep within me. Um, yeah. Yet again, though, I will, I will uh, do the standard uh, political fence-sitting. Um, Oxter. O-X-T-E-R. Okay. Well, considering my last thing, my last uh, way of judging this was completely useless, the E-R thing. I think I'm likely to get this wrong as well. Go on. So what are my options? Animal. Armpit. Clock. Drain. Drain. (laughs) Um, Animal. Armpit. It's not an animal because obviously that's a fake one because of ox. So it's not. Seems too obvious. Seems too obvious, doesn't it? Um, um, Why would they call it an oxter? I don't know. I've, I don't know, Marcus. I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really embarrassing myself here in my, with my lack of uh, familiarity with Ulster Scots. But um, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to say, um, I, okay, I'll say it's the, the animal. Why not? It, uh, I, yeah. Incorrect. Oh dear! It this is, is a, this is an absolute disaster. This is an outrage. Your own language being turned against you. Uh, it is armpit. As in one's oxter. So you, you would say, oh, yeah. fuck me, hey, my fucking oxter's stinking. Or it's Lapin. <laughs> Lapin is another one. L-E-A-P-I-N. Okay. Um, so yeah, oxter. I would, I, I would, maybe not on a daily uh, basis, but anytime I, I needed to refer to my armpit, I probably would say oxter before armpit, depending on the is company that, right? that I'm in. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I've never heard it before. Okay, this is this is one as well, and this is this is a favourite of mine. This is something that um, I I enjoy hearing. Footery, F O O T E R Y. Footery. Okay. Doesn't mean slippery, awkward, shiny, or muddy. 
Oh, this is a tricky one because obviously there's the root word foot in there, mm. which suggests that there's something related to the foot. So it could be slippery or uh, muddy or what was the other, what was the other one? The other ones uh, were awkward or shiny. Uh, right. I'm going to go with slippery or muddy. Uh, it's uh, awful footery out today, for mm. example. I will tell you that. No, I'm wrong, aren't I? Uh, okay um <laughs> it's the second one the second what was one that? awkward yeah awkward then correct i'm, I'm apt i'm really wow yes. even a stop even a stop clock gives the right time twice a day <laughs> so uh footery so you would say geez bye that's wild footery wild meaning quite and food yeah. really awkward. So, um, like me earlier on, when I was trying to plug my um, cable into this microphone, it was rather footry because I couldn't see what the fuck I was doing. Right, this is fantastic. I have to say, I love all these words. I just wish that I knew them so that people listening to this didn't hate me. That's well, all. He, well, here, here's one. Here's one that. Um, here's one that you might know. Um, crack. C R A C K. Oh, okay. New oh. slash conversation, cake slash uh, confectionery, <laughs> tip up slash overturn, hasty slash hurried. It's crack. the first one. It's news slash conversation. Of course aid, it is. As in, what is the crack? What's a crack? Hey, although the Ulster Scots spelling of that, C-R-A-C-K, would be different from how you would typically see, I guess, an Irish person yeah. say it, C-R-A-I-C. Mm. usually be the way usually when you see someone type out oh that was great crack you can be fairly certain that that person is actually probably english or you reckon yeah most of the time if they spell it like if they spell it like that yeah like the ulster scots way yeah yeah it would typically be very uncommon i think to see someone spell it like that although i have seen some belfast people spell it that way but that might be an auto crack thing who knows Mm. Um, okay, I'll be interested to know if you know this one actually, and this would be a fairly common one you would hear around Belfast. <clears throat> okay, Hallion, H A L L I O N, Hallion. Is it a vegetable? A kit, git. Sorry, my voice went there. It's very emotional. Right. Yeah, a rascal or a window? A Hallion. Oh my God, I don't know. I'm going to say a rascal. You are correct. <clears throat> nice one. Yes. Italian, Italian. So you'd say someone's a, someone's, well, I guess I'm saying everything. Everything's a wild, a wild Hallion. He's a fucking Hallion. So he is. He fucking <laughs> burnt down them two cars there. The fucking Peelers are looking for him. So Peelers, you know, yeah. Peelers. Peelers. I know that one. Yeah. Um, Peelers. Or, sorry, a police, police officer. Um, I still say, yeah. I say Peelers. And that is one that, you wouldn't necessarily be able to say in certain company. Um, Because, yeah, it's a bit sort of derogatory, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's a historical, the historical background to it. But for me, it's not, it's not necessarily a derogatory thing for, but I guess, you know, same as accents, it all depends how each, each person takes it, I guess. Um, Right. So you've got two, you've got two in a row there. You're doing pretty good. Um, (laughs) The next one, the next one, I think you'll know. We, Ah. Do you want to just guess right. straight off the bat? Sm- small, little. Correct, little. Um, the other options are a snack rag and skirt, as well as little. Okay. So we, well, if any, we if anyone didn't, if I didn't know that, I mean, that would be so disappointing, wouldn't it? 
think I would just need to delete the, this this recording. And just, <laughs> just go. Sorry, I fucked up. Sorry about that. I just, would never just I would never be forgiven. Take the recording and just take it out to sea and drop it with a with a bit of concrete attached and just let it sink to the bottom so no one ever hears it. Yeah, um, well, that's, not, yes. that, that's what we we'll have to do. I think if if that were the case, if, um, thank God, thank God, I got that one right then. Bloody hell. We'll do now. There are thirty of these. I think we'll do the next two and bring it up to ten, <laughs> rather than sitting yeah. and really over thirty. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not that bad. Although I am. I am kind of enjoying. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead, element. please. In, uh, you know, uh, feast away on on this as much as you like. Um, this one is. This one, I I don't know. This one, I can probably make a contextual guess off it. Teeman. T E E M I N. I think I know this. Do you want meaning to guess? like crowded or lots of when there's lots of stuff. Can you give me the options? The options are harvest, mm. butter, mm. meadow, mm. or raining. Raining. Oh God, I've got it wrong, haven't I? Oh have, God. Have you, have you selected raining? Yeah. Uh, well, no. But the, since considering you've said that, I think I shouldn't. I just um, wasn't sure if you'd picked that or not. Genuinely. <laughs> um, I'm saying raining. Yeah. Come okay. on, then. All right. All right. Correct. There you go. Oh. It's, it's teeming down. I guess is maybe where that comes from. I'm, I think I've heard hmm. that. Yeah, it seems familiar to me. But would I say that it's teeming? I don't know. I don't know if I would. Quite frankly. Um, okay, we're mm. on. We're on number nine. So no, we'll do another two. We'll do another two. Now this okay. one here is something that I might have said not that long ago, just naturally. Oh yeah. Actually, I'm not sure I have. Queer. Oh yes. Would you like to guess? Yeah, it means like kind of peculiar, odd, strange, uh, particular. Mm. She's got a she's got a queer back on her, like, for example. Would you like to hear the options? <sighs> yes. Quarter. Considerable. Oh. Crop. Ah. Shed. Okay, so I've made the mistake of of uh, assuming that queer was the same as queer, but no, it means large, doesn't it? So when my mate, my old housemate, said she's got a queer back on her, they meant she's got a really big nose. Mm. So you're going for considerable. Is that right? I'm going for considerable. Correct. You're okay. correct. Now, what you said there is interesting because I would use that in the same way that you would. I would say if I saw, yeah, if I saw something unusual, I'd say, oh, there's, it's, it's, would I? Yeah, yes, I would. That's a queer such and such. If something, if someone yeah. had, was wearing trousers that were uh, unusual for them, I would say, that's a queer pair of trousers. Oh, fuck. That's a queer pair of trousers you have there. What a, what a <laughs> sentence that is. Queer <laughs> pair of trousers. Um, yeah, so, but I would also say considerable. Is that that's, a, that's a queer lot of rain. It's queer mild out, you know. So yeah, yeah. I, I would use that for both actually. Strange and considerable. Noteworthy, I guess, is the overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, I, I do remember sitting around a lot watching TV and hearing that. Has she got a queer back? Like, was that, like was that the whole, often said in a positive way or negative way? Negative, meaning like she's she looks weird or mm. she's ugly. Mm. Uh, I think 
I think so. I mean, it's weird now that I think about it. I kind of think, actually, maybe I don't understand. Maybe I didn't understand anything that anyone's ever said to me ever in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry, this that quiz has had that effect. <laughs> it's it's totally, it's knocked me completely off. You know, I think it's the final straw in the last eight years of my identity being eroded. I think everything I thought I knew about myself is slowly being swept from underneath me just with this quiz. I'm yeah. going to emerge from this a new man. Just, it's just, just a new, new day one is going to tomorrow is day one in my life just wander Thanks. the streets of paris just barking ulster scots <laughs> at people um okay your next your final one i guess we're not going to do all of them maybe maybe in the future we'll we'll have a look um foundered mm, f- spell it for me foundered F- f-o-u-n-d-e-r-e-d okay foundered. right so it's hmm. a, it is a feeling. So you would say, uh, I'm fucking foundered, so I am. <laughs> uh, and there's a, there's, a whole, there's a whole episode in that whole So, so I Am, So It Is, Jim McDonald um, thing. I was looking that up the other night. I'll have to, I'll have yeah. to find that link again because it's a, whole, oh, it's a whole linguistic thing. I could shit on about that for ages. Um, okay, your options So I am. Are, so, so I, oh, you mean so I am? And all so that? I am. So it is. I'm fucking founded, so I am. Yeah. Okay, so you are. Right. So it's feeling hot, feeling cold, feeling tired, or feeling ill. <laughs> I'm fucking foundered, <laughs> so I am. Oh, dear. Um, what are you feeling? Are those founded. four feelings? What feeling I'm are you feeling? Fucking foundered. It's tired. It's exhausted. <laughs> So sorry, look, you're incorrect. Oh God, feeling Just, cold. Really? Yeah, and it's interesting because you've a thing. No, no, Marcus, not that. The way you said it was definitely. I'm fucking foundered. It's like that's definitely tired, isn't it, listeners? Just the way he said that. Mm. You would say, Are "I'm, you... I'm, re- oh, I'm so cold." No, you'd say, "I'm, oh, I'm really cold," but you'd say, "Oh, I'm really, I'm exhausted." So. I blame you for, for that one. Just well, simply the, the that's voice fair performance enough, so I, I, led I, me the, in the wrong direction. I, I like. I, I enjoy how you um, uh, explain my my <laughs> own uh, intonation back to me. I guess that's that's what you get for being a, a teacher of English. You're able. Yeah, to- I'm, being a, I'm constantly explaining things to people all the time. <laughs> I'm constantly. This is actually a, probably a very healthy experience for me because most of my time is spent being like, I'm the one who knows everything about <laughs> these things, and I shall teach you i'm the teacher and you are the learner but now uh, the shoe is on the other foot isn't it so on the other foot so it is he um <laughs> right well you did you did well there actually i don't know exactly how much you probably got about half right um if not a bit more i so. did I, I did i did about as well as i did in the the, the first time i took my a levels your a level in ulster scotch uh, no, just my A levels generally. Uh, it's about the same level of success as I as I got from my from when I uh, failed my A levels so spectacularly that I think my 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 family have wiped it from their memory. Uh, anyway, that's just another that like this experience has basically reminded me of of the the, the biggest failure in my life. Uh, it's just brought me straight back to that, which you know is a, it's a good healthy thing to happen, don't you think? 
Yeah, I guess it's a kind of it's a it's a kind of grounding thing. But you know what? I'll, once yeah. once things are back to normal over here, I will um I'll get that wee certificate. I'm gonna I'll send you that certificate now. Uh, send but you, you're gonna have to put ask. a red stamp on it that says fail failed. <laughs> the Ulster Scots will be happy to send out as many certificates as they can because it'll get their numbers up. And uh, I'd, be glad, it, I'd be glad to receive it. Yeah. And whenever everything's back to normal, I'll take that down to the Ulster Scots office, get your badge and uh, send it out. If nothing else, to remind you of the, uh, the trauma and hard work that you put into that. Thank you. That Ulster Scots quiz. Um, look, where, where can people hear more of your uh, uh, lovely um, RP voice explaining things to them? <laughs> if that's really what people want to listen to uh, an RP voice explaining things in your ear, then you could go to my website, which is called teacherluke.co.uk. I came up with that 11 years ago and sort of regret it these days because now I am teacher Luke, which is, um, you know, not, not, uh, eh. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Anyway, teacherluke.co.uk. That's where they can find Luke's English podcast. And uh, they can hear me explaining things in an RP accent and also waffling on about all sorts of stuff, stupid uh, jokes, conversations and general rambling. Um, Yeah, if they want to, that's where they or if they've got a friend who uh, hasn't, you know, can't speak the language English, they could point them towards my website because it is for learners of English. Yeah, well, it's it's, voila. I guess it's it's mainly for learners of English, but it's quite it's quite pleasant to listen to as a, uh, a native English speaker because, as you say, it is funny. There are your thoughts on it, um, there are your jokes, and you often have conversations with your dad and Paul Paul Taylor, as we mentioned earlier, and other and other yeah. people in and around your life. So it's it's not yeah. it's not just a straightforward uh, English lesson. It's a, it's a lesson in life and in comedy. I kind of don't. You know, it's it's a bit of a weird one. I started out teaching, like, you know, teaching stuff on the podcast. And as I've kind of continued doing it, I've learned that essentially the best way to to teach my audience or to engage with my audience of learners of English is just to kind of talk to them in a very sort of um, informal, personal way and just try to keep them entertained. So it has become something of a sort of entertainment podcast um mm. but it's like learning learning through laughter with luke's english podcast <laughs> kind of <laughs> i like that quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> i could do i could do some stings for you i could just be like yeah. luke listen to luke yeah with that accent so people don't know exactly what it is and they'll have to re-listen Wait. to it over and over again all my listeners would think they just heard the same word three times yeah, well, that's that's what you can't trust foreigners. That's the bottom line. That's what we're here for. Oh, yeah. um, Tell me about it. Yeah, I know. That, sure. that's, that's one of the, as an English teacher of like ages, I've been teaching English for ages. It's one of the most common jokes I've, I've heard from my learners of English, which is like, look, Luke. That's, oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious for many people. Look, Luke, or look at Luke. Mm. Classic, isn't it? Classic. You can see where the the bar is but you know it, when when you're starting to make jokes in a in a second language i mean you know the standards are going to be a little bit lower well, yeah. look, look luke okay well done you made a joke in english i've heard it a billion times before and it's scientifically proven not to be funny but go ahead laugh if you if <laughs> you know I'll, I'll let you enjoy that brief moment of, of fun before i now punish you with grammar oh god 
that's yeah. It's, yeah grammar is one of the, the world's most powerful weapons and people often forget that oh yeah i i i I genuinely think that if if there are if there's a riot going on, all the police need to do is get loudspeakers and start reading out pages from a grammar book, and the crowd would disperse immediately, or they would all just like fall asleep and just, uh, like that. Yeah, word algebra, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, thank you very much, Luke, uh, for coming on and chatting. Maybe another time we'll uh, we'll tackle the rest of that Ulster Scots quiz. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd say yeah. You, can, you can redeem yourself easily. I wouldn't. I would, not that you need yeah. redeeming, of course, but you know. You could, you well, could. I mean, what I need a, I need an Ulster Scots podcast to listen to so I can get familiar with all of the the, the dialects. You know, the whole all the words. I mean, there probably is. There probably is. I mean, the, the Ulster Scots agency does get public funding so yeah i think there probably would be a shirt an ulster scots right. podcast i'm not 100 sure but sure we'll we'll look into it but in in the meantime thanks very much like thanks for coming thanks along. thanks for thanks for inviting me it's been really nice uh, in a sort of uh, um life uh, learning kind of way but generally just nice to talk to you again it's been ages yeah no you too yeah nice one